Well, good morning, Sunrise. My name is Greg. I'm the Youth and Children's Director here at Sunrise, and get to be a part of the teaching team as well. And before I get too far into it, I want to dismiss our boys and girls, ages three years old to fifth grade, to children in worship, so they can have an awesome time hearing from God's Word. Uh, it's always one of the fun things I get to do every now and then where a teacher is subbing out or I'm training a new teacher or uh, about every time there's a fifth Sunday, I get to be in that class. And man, your kids are so awesome. Uh, they ask super engaging questions. They're, they're just very inquisitive and, uh, and just fun. And so I appreciate you parents and how you pour into your kids' lives and how you allow us to do the same thing. Well, we get too f- before we get too far into this, I want to just list, lift, us, lift us up in prayer because uh, obviously, as you can tell, I need it. And uh, so let's just uh, go to God and uh, start us off there. God, I thank you so much just for this time, God, for us to come together as your people. God, I thank you for your word and the fact that we are going through the gospel of John. And I just pray right now that you would just quiet the distractions of our minds so that we can hear a good word from you today. God, that I pray that you would help uh, me to share your word clearly and that, that it wouldn't be me saying my words, but it would be you speaking through me. And God, that you would do the impossible and allow us to learn something today, to, to grow, to be transformed by your word. Thank you that you're, you're alive and well. And God, we pray against any of the evil schemes that are out there that try to interrupt us, to distract us, or, or to stop your good work. And we pray for your glory to reign here in sunrise and all throughout our lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, as I, I was saying through my prayer is we are going through the gospel of John and uh, we are on John chapter 14. That's where we're going to find ourselves today. And before we get too far into it, you can just go to verse one. Uh, you guys should be kind of getting used to how I teach. I kind of just walk us through, right? We're going to start verse one and we're going to keep trucking through. So you can go to verse one and kind of put your finger there. But before we start that process, I want to give some backstory of where we're at in Jesus's life and his story here. And uh, uh, starting in John chapter 13, what we get from there is we get uh, Jesus, like the the whole movement of Jesus is just kind of ramping up. Uh, Jesus uh, is, uh, in John chapter uh, 13, is washing the feet of the disciples. Judas of Iscaria uh, has now left the group to go betray Jesus and find a way to, to betray him. Uh, Jesus is now starting to talk about the fact that the time is coming to an end, that his time is coming to an end. And that's getting the disciples to freak out. They're like, what do you mean? Where are you going, right? And and, uh, at that point, Peter, you know, of course, boldly steps up and says, "Uh, well, everyone else might uh, leave you, Jesus, but not me. Not me. I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to keep walking with you. No matter where you go, I I will follow you. And then Jesus tells Peter, well, here soon you'll deny even knowing me three times and you have to imagine that Peter through that process is saying well how is that going to work I mean there's no way the way that I feel right now the way that I there's no way I would ever deny you but you've never been wrong and so as we jump into chapter 14 you can you can almost uh I want to put ourselves in the disciples sandals for a minute and and think about the fact that this is this is Jesus this is their safety blanket. This is, the, this is their everything, right? He's their comforter. He's their teacher. He's their friend. He's their leader. Everything, when everything goes crazy, he's their comfort. When everyone else is losing their mind, he's the one that's calm, cool, and collected. 
Every time things go crazy, he's there and it ma- he makes it okay. And so they're, they're, they're used to that. For the last three years, they've been investing in their lives, investing in this movement that, that Jesus is doing. And now he's going to say that he's leaving. And they're like, well, what now? I mean, I know things are getting intense, Jesus. I know that, that there's a lot of things happening, but why are you leaving now? And so we can get to chapter 14. As we get there, we're going to hear Jesus' response to that panic, to that fear. And so let's just jump right into it. Starting in uh, verse 1 of chapter 14, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that, uh, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus is saying, listen, do not worry. I know there's a lot going on right now, but don't worry. It's a, there's a plan here. There's still a system. Where I'm going, it's, there's going to be a place for you where I'm going. You're going to follow me even there. So don't worry about it. We'll be with you. We'll, we'll trust you. Just, just trust the system here. And what we're going to see happen here after this is the disciples are going to start voicing their fears. They're going to start voicing their problems. They're going to start saying, I don't know about this part, Jesus. And it starts, of course, with our disciple, Thomas. He's one of my favorite disciples because he raises all the questions. He's always one of the first ones to say, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know about that. I got questions. I have fears. I have doubts. And he's very vocal about those things. That's one of the things I love about him. And so uh, we see that in the next verse where uh, Thomas, in pure panic mode, says, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Thomas is saying, "Uh, hold on, does everyone know where Jesus is going? Because I I missed that. I don't know where he's going. I didn't catch that map. And so he raises his hand when Jesus is talking. He says, "I, I don't know the way. All right, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know where you're going, so I don't know how to get there. So if you could just real fast, uh, just draw me a map uh, about where we're going. I don't know if I need to Google it. You know, MapQuest, is that still a thing? You know, I, I, need, to, I need your help to make sure that I'm getting there because I don't want to get lost here. And I was thinking about that. I was like, how relatable is that moment? Have you ever felt that way? I'm sure you have. You'd be lying if you didn't. Where all of a sudden you are sitting in a situation and it seems like everyone else knows what's going on and you're just like, don't figure it out, please. Don't ask me. Don't call on me, teacher, right? It's that moment. And so uh, I feel like that's where Thomas is. And, and he's like, I don't know the way. I don't know what's going on. And so I, I, I think that we all can feel this way at times. And, and maybe it's, it's when God calls on you to do something in your life, to, to, to stretch out, to do something, and, and to grow in a different area. And you're saying, I don't know if it's me, Jesus, I don't think I'm, I'm the guy. I don't think I'm the girl. I don't think I'm the, the dad. I don't think I'm the, the, the mom or the wife or the, the husband. I don't think I'm that person that can do what you're calling me to do right now. And maybe it's, how do you teach your kids about the Bible? I don't know. I can hardly read it myself. How am I supposed to pass that on to my kids? What if it's, how do you share the gospel with your teenager? Oh, hold on. I don't know. That, that's crazy. I can hardly keep them where I want them to be, let alone to teach them about Jesus. What about when they're adults? 
How do I teach Jesus to my adult kids? Forget about it, right? I don't know how to do that. I need more parenting. I need more books. I need, there has to be someone more qualified. What if it's just, how do, I, uh, how do I serve at this church? I don't know. I'm new here. How do I get involved? What, am I really ready to be that person? How do I share Jesus with those people that are around me, whether they're in my class or they're in my school or if they're in my uh, workplace, wherever they are, how do I share Jesus? I don't know if I know enough yet to do that. I don't know the way to do that. And Jesus' response to that is verse 6 and 7, which says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know, if you know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have even seen him. Jesus is saying, do you know me? Do you know me? Now, do you know your stuff? Now, do you know all this extra stuff? Now, have you taken the classes? Have you gone to seminary? No, your first step is, do you know me? Do you understand who I am? Push into Jesus. It's not about the knowledge in your head so that you can feel equipped. What you're going to realize as you get into this thing called Christianity, this following Jesus with your life, is that hardly ever does God prepare you beforehand before he calls you to do something. Usually, it's as you're walking in faith with him that he adds the wisdom, he adds the knowledge, he adds all of those things that you are missing in your life. So it's not about equip you in the front side and then we'll get you there and get you going. When it comes to Jesus, from my experience as I've looked out and, and seen how ministry is done most often, it's him equipping you as you go. It's, it's the parents who are driven to the, the scriptures and saying, I need to study this because I need to pour into my kids. But I'm not going to not parent my kids until I get that down. I'm going to keep researching my Bibles. My kid just asked me a crazy question. I need to figure this out. It's as we dive into scriptures, as, as we grow, as we walk this life out, that God pours into us the things that we are missing. But it starts with, do you know him? Because he is enough. He is enough. Jesus is the perfect representation of the Father. I love it when he says, if you see me, you see the Father. He represents him the most clearly. And, and what's amazing is he's calling us to do that exact same thing. We are supposed to represent Christ in that same way that, that Jesus represents the Father. Now, we're going to jump to the next fear. That's from Philip. He says, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. That's in verse 8. Show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. Philip has another fear. Philip doubts his relationship with Jesus is enough. He's not sure that this thing that Jesus has set up for the last three years is good enough to get him through the storms of life. He doesn't know if that's going to make it make it work. And so he's saying, Jesus, if you just help me get to that next level in my relationship with you, then yeah, I can do it. I'll do what you're calling us to do. I'll walk this road with you. Philip is focused on his fears. He's focused on uh, everything that's outside of his control. And here's what the thing we need to do. When we, when we get to that place in life, because we all get to that place, we need to stop focusing 
on all the fears and all the things that are filling our hearts and our minds and start focusing on Jesus. So what does that look like? We need to stop focusing so much sometimes on the news. How often? It's a 24-7 cycle of bad news all the time, right? They have a small segment every now and then. It's like highlight of the day, and that's all you get of hope. So sometimes it's turning off the news and opening up our scriptures. Sometimes it's stop scrolling uh, Facebook and Instagram and all these things that are constantly telling you how bad things are going and open up the word and start scrolling that. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes it's about stop spinning on how everything's going to go wrong and start praying for God to intervene in those situations. Sometimes it's about stop trying to gain the illusion of control and hand it over to the one who has ultimate control. That is what we need to do when we get to that place. What I love about it is that as things mount in our lives, it's easy to get caught up in that. I mean, how many of us have freaked out just recently? If not, you probably should have a little bit. Uh, you know, gas prices are skyrocketing. Uh, a lot of us are still, you know, recovering for how we reacted about COVID and where that's all gone. Russia is attacking Ukraine. Uh, the violence is up in the U.S. and especially here in California. The homeless population is just going crazy. There's more of that than ever. Uh, mental health is on an all-time high because of just all the stuff we've walked through. And, and we're just idling high as a society. There's a lot on our plate. There's a lot of reasons that we should have worry and stress. But what's amazing is the list goes on and on and on, is that my relationship with Jesus is enough to get us through all of those things. That's what he talks about from verse 9 through 14. Jesus answers Philip as he questions his relationship. He says, don't you know me, Philip? Even after uh, I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has uh, seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The, word I, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least, I love this, at least believe on the evidence of the work themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the work I, am, I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus' answer to Philip, again, is, do you remember me? Do you remember what I've done in your life already? I love this. He, he says, you know, if, you, if you're doubting this moment where, where uh, this relationship that we have, that it's good enough, I want you, Philip, just to, to track back in your mind and think of everything that you've seen. All right, just, just for a moment, let's just think of some of the things we've heard through the Gospel of John. The feeding of 5,000s. John, if I, if I wasn't good enough, how did that happen? Or I mean, Philip, if, that, if I wasn't good enough, how did that happen? What about, what about all the people that we've seen that were blind and then now can see? 
What about all those people that came to us being carried on mats, being wheeled in, whatever? They, they came to us. They couldn't walk, Philip. And then when they left us, they were walking. What about Lazarus? He was dead. We were just at his house. Explain that. I love this because he's saying you are not owned by your fear. You're owned by Jesus. And so if you start to doubt, if you start to have those fears, if you start to wonder, then go back to the evidence. And that's the same thing that we can say for us today as well. You know, we have the exact same evidence. We have God's word that, that talks all about what Jesus did in his life. And you can look to that and you can say, well, Jesus did this, Jesus did that, and I'm gonna, he's going to do that in my life. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. I have this truth that I can base things on, that I can base my faith on. But not only that, it says that he will do even greater things in the future. Jesus didn't stop here. He continued on. He still works in our midst today. I could look around this room and I can tell you that I see miracle after miracle after miracle. He's still active today. People who were stuck in addiction that was, that was broken for them because of the grace and the truth of Jesus being involved in their life. People who uh, were sick, the, the, the things were looking bad, and Jesus intervenes, and they are here by the grace of God alone. Marriages that were headed to destruction, but once each person started to submit themselves to Jesus, he got involved and he got working in the marriage, and now there's there's a good, healthy relationship there, or at least it's on its way, and they're both following Christ in that. Miracle after miracle, you just saw a bunch up here. Teenagers who are willing to serve their community instead of being selfish and focusing only on themselves. Let me tell you about a miracle, everybody. God is still at work today. And that's just from my perspective. If we walked around this room, you'd hear even more and more and more of people who have seen things and they would say, the only explanation is God alone. So when we get to that point, when worry is consuming us, when we're starting to doubt, is my relationship with God enough? I think it's time for us to take a moment and stop and recount the stories that he has given us in his word and in our life to write those down, to pass that on to your kids, to share that with your congregation, to say, this is what God's doing in my life, and I want to share it with you because I know he's blessed me, and I want to share the blessing with you as well. Not to brag, because we all know we're all messed up. That's the first part of, of admitting that we, we had a miracle is that things were messed up beforehand, right? And so we need to take that time to stop focusing on all the fears around us because they're just swimming all around us, and to push into God's word, to push into the testimonies of his saints, and to trust that he is going to continue his good work. Jesus' promise is that if, uh, that if we trust him, that we're, he's going to continue to do amazing things. He says that in verse 12. He says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the work I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father even greater things. Jesus is still at work today, and he invites us to be a part of his good work. Not because he needs us, but because we need the reminder that we need him. We constantly forget. 
We are very good at being distracted. We're very good at uh, kind of wandering away, and, and we're very good at sinning. That's just part of being human. That's the, our, our, our natural inclination is to drift. And so when we are involved in his ministry, when we're involved in his work, it just keeps us focused on our need for God. I got to tell you, one of the things I love about serving in the church is that there's, there's so many uh, uh, situations that I get into, and I'm like, well, God, if you don't show up, this ain't going to work right? I don't, and some of those things I've been doing a long time. Youth group, you know, I've been doing that for a long time now, and there's still a lot of Sunday nights that I get there, and I'm like, well, Jesus, if you're not here, I don't think we're going to have much to give them, right? I don't, I don't know if anyone's going to show up. I don't know if it's going to work, and so, uh, God, I'm trusting you, and I'm praying that you are the one who's most present here, even more than I am, and that, that's the prayer for the children to worship, and that's definitely, I got to tell you, the prayer when I get up here, God, if you don't come up here and you don't deliver your word, then I'm just wasting everyone's time. Push into more moments like that in your life because it happens all throughout your life. From parenting your kids to just going to work and trying to represent Jesus there, wherever it is that God has placed you to find ways to to let your light shine out of your life from him. Now, I want to be careful because as we go through this, it's easy to hear something that I don't mean to tell you. And that is, Jesus is not offering us a life with no hard times. Sometimes as we hear this, like, just pushing to Jesus, just pushing to Jesus, we can get this false narrative in our head that thinks, well, if you're having a bad time, if you're having a rough life, if you're having those difficult moments, well, it's because you don't have enough faith. That's not the case whatsoever. If you're a Christian, you know you're going to walk through hard times still. It's not like this happy-go-lucky life that you get to skip through for the rest of, uh, until, you, until you make it to heaven. Because we, and what we should do is we should remember where we're at in this story. John chapter 14, remember everything that's swimming around Jesus as he's given us these words. He's, this, there, he's in more danger right now than he's ever been. There's more people trying to kill him than ever in, the, in his lifetime. And, and not only that, one of his own disciples, one of the 12, one of his best friends has now betrayed him to go find a way to kill him. He's he's saying this before he's going to go to the cross and die. This is our Savior. This is our Lord. This is our leader. He's not promising that life won't have hard times. He's saying this in the midst of the hard times. What he's promising is that you will get through those hard times because of his power. That you will not stand alone in those moments. That he will be there in the midst of your storm and he will get through it because of him. That's what he promises. And so I want to make sure that if you're walking through a hard time right now, it's not because you don't have faith, but the way that you get through it is the way that you, is because of your faith. That's the promise that we have. Verse 15 to 21, it says that if you love me, Keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you uh, another advocate to help you, to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. You, uh, the world cannot accept him because they neither see him nor know him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, uh, you will also live on that day you will realize that I am in my Father, uh, and you are in me, and I am in you. 
Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be, with, uh, will be loved by the Father, and I too will love them and show them myself. Jesus says, I will be with you, and that is enough. What we do as Christians is we trust not in ourselves, not in our money, not in our wisdom, not in our status, and definitely not in our government. What we trust in is the Holy Spirit to do his good work in our lives. We live by the Holy Spirit's ability, his empowerment, by Jesus alone. He is our advocate. Now, the natural question as you hear about all these things that are happening around us, uh, as you hear about this good thing that God's going to do for us, is the question that Judas, not Judas of Iscariot, remember, he's gone, he's trying to betray Jesus. This is another Judas, uh, asks the question, but Lord, and this is in verse 22, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? What's his, what's his doubt? This question is doubt is in himself. It's self-doubt. Jesus, why would you choose me? Why would you choose us? Why, why, why not choose someone else in the world? I'm sure there's someone else out there that probably do this better than us. Why me? And maybe you felt that way as well, where you asked Jesus, why, why me? Why would you choose to reveal yourself to me? Why have you allowed me to know you? Well, sorry to tell you, Jesus doesn't answer him. He doesn't say, well, X, Y, and Z, you see your grandpa, you had a praying grandma, and that's why, you know, she kept bugging me, so I figured I'll just lump you in there. Uh, he doesn't tell us why certain people believe or certain people don't. He doesn't say that you, you, you know, you had a lot of giftings and you brought a lot to the table, so I thought I would recruit you. No, the only thing that we get is that he chooses us because he chooses us. Because he chose us. That means is we bring nothing to the table. We bring nothing. We, we can't say, well, I am saved because of this. It's only because of him. He chose to love me. That's the only reason I'm here. That's the only reason I can know anything is because he chose to love me. And so my faith is on him alone. And I trust him with that alone. That's all I got is him alone. And man, that's a great place to be. He is enough. All we have is grace, the grace of God, and that is enough for us. Verse 28 says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home in them. You will never quite understand why he chose you, just that you will know that he did choose you. A Christian's life is not one that we, we try to earn our things. It's one that's lived out, out of response to God's love. We can only respond to him. It's not that we earn our salvation. It's not that we earn our spot in heaven. It's not that we earn a blessing. It's not that we earn anything. It is only a response to what God has already given us. That's why we do what we do. There's other religions out there that'll say, well, you have to do this, this, and this, and then this will happen for you. Then you'll make it. Then, you'll, then you'll, you'll get that status in heaven or whatever. No, when it comes to Christianity, we say it is God who has already done everything for us, and our lives are lived out of response to his love. It's that I love you too is the rest of our life. 
And so that's why we follow his commands. That's why we do what we do is because he has already done everything. Verses 25 through 27 says, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world, has get, uh, world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Are you catching the theme? Catching the theme that he's putting down here in, verse, or in chapter 14? When you don't feel like you know enough, push into Jesus. When you doubt the relationship that you have with Jesus, remember what he has already done and push into him even more. When you have self-doubt that you can get through it, well, you're right, you can't without Jesus. So push into him all the more. Get closer to him. We live by the grace and power of the Lord Jesus alone. That's all we got, and that's a lot. We trust in his work on the cross, that he paid for our sins, that we have, that that was enough. We trust in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to work and transform our lives for God. If you're feeling like you need help with this, like you're like, I, I, I want God to transform my life. I want to be more connected. I want to I wanna start this road where he's, he's doing this in my life more. Here at Sunrise, we have a lot of resources for you. And we want to get you connected to some of those. We have the, the Wednesday night uh, group. We have a men's group and a women's group, and we have fa- stuff for the family. Get plugged into one of those things. And watch how God starts to equip you, starts to help you grow, helps to get you to that place that you need to get to as he's calling you to, to do what he's calling you to do. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's our Sunday night class where you can, you can just get a lot of information and process that with a cool group. And, and maybe you can't make it to this Sunday classes, but here there's going to be another one after that and another one after that. And you can get plugged in one of those and start to grow in your faith. Maybe you want to know, how do you become a mission partner here at Sunrise? Well, we have, uh, we have resources for you that you can become a mission partner and, and kind of jump into serving in different places. And uh, we have uh, classes coming up uh, with that and more information on that uh, here in a bit. But maybe you're just saying, I just need someone who's willing to walk with me, just to pray with me and walk with me in life. Well, we have elders here who would be honored to do that with you, to pray with you, to stand with you, to walk with you, check in with you. Man, those guys would love to do that. Wherever you're at, there are resources for you to help you in your journey to continue to push into God. And what's amazing is what he'll do after that, the even greater things than this. So get connected, push into Jesus, and do not let your hearts be troubled and be not afraid, for Jesus is with us. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you do not leave us as orphans. You do not leave us on our own to try to figure life out by ourselves, but God, you are the one who empowers us to do things, that you are the one transforming our hearts and our minds. And God, I just pray right now that if there's anyone here who who doesn't even know what any of that is yet, God, that they would just say, God, I, I need you. 
that that would be the first step in their journey to you, God, and with you, is just simply to cry out, God, I need you in my life. I need you. I can't do this life thing on my own. I need you to take over. And God, that, that is a beautiful, amazing first step. And God, as they make that step, that they would be willing to also connect with one of the elders and, and get connected to some of our growth groups here and, and help us to continue to move forward in our journey with you. God, I thank you for this body of believers, that we don't have to do this on our own. God, that you surround us with a bunch of people who also say, yeah, I couldn't figure life out either. I needed God. And it's not that we are called to be perfect, but we simply are serving a perfect God and following you. And so, God, I just pray right now that you would help us to make those next steps in our journey with you, to push into you, to not chase after fears, not focus on the bad, to focus on you and to grow us. And it's your name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen.